I think all of us have been intrigued with the book of Joshua. And the passage that I think has stuck out in mind for many of us. And it was for me. In fact, I went to all three messages. Is that of Caleb. How that Caleb fully followed the Lord. And here he was, a man of 85 and 86 years of age. And it says he fully followed the Lord. And I said, wow, wouldn't it be great just to be like Caleb? Well, Jesus spoke to us. He spoke to us on how that we can be just like Caleb. He spoke to us in his last words just before he went to the cross. His last words with his apostles. He never gets together with them until after the cross and after the resurrection. But just before that night, just before going to the cross the next morning, he speaks to them on the key to our lives. It's called the abiding life. And that's what I'd like to speak to you for a few minutes about today. It will revolutionize your life, the abiding life. And I know many of you are living that life. If you'll turn to John, the 15th chapter. Turn to John, the 15th chapter. And while you're doing that, let me give you the setting. It's the night just before the morning of the crucifixion. That's going to take place at 9 o'clock in the morning. He's in the upper room in Jerusalem with his apostles and he says, My time is near. He knew everything that was going on. At that time, he knew that his time was near. He knew the very next morning what was going to happen. He celebrates the last Passover because Jesus fulfills the last Passover in the upper room. And because he's going away from them, he wants to prepare them. So he speaks these words to them. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you will be also. Thomas speaks out and says, where are you going? Where's the way? And you know that famous passage where it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Then he says in verse 19, because I live, you will live also. Because what's going to happen this weekend? Then he institutes the Lord's Supper. And as he looks, and as they take the bread, don't you, can you imagine what he must have been thinking? He was, his body was that bread. And when he take of the cup, his blood is that cup tomorrow morning then they sung a song and they went out it says to Mount of Olives and now he's walking along towards the Mount of Olives to the Garden of Gethsemane and there might have been some vines on the wall or in the Valley of Kidron he may have seen a vineyard and he speaks these words from John the 15th chapter which we're going to talk about today he says, you know, my father is the vine dresser and I am the vine. 
and you are the branches. I want you to abide in me and I in you. What, is he, what did he mean by that? And then he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, betrayed, went through the mockery of six trials. He went to the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And then on the third day, he was raised for our justification. Because he lives, we live also. So this morning, we want to take a closer look at that teaching. When those apostles saw the resurrected Christ, their lives completely changed. They were totally committed. They were totally abiding in Christ, even until their death, which were sacrificial deaths. They were living an abiding life because they saw the resurrected Christ. So let's take a look what it means to live the abiding life. Let's listen to the powerful words of our Savior from John, the 15th chapter, as he speaks it on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy be made, made full. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Father, I just thank you for your words. Father, I thank you your how it gives us understanding. Father, I just pray that you'll be with us this morning as we take a close look at your word. Father, teach us from your word about the abiding life. That our life can be a lifestyle of just loving you on a daily basis, Father. Father, we lift up Pastor John to us. Father, I just pray that you'll just heal his body. And Father, we just pray that you'll bring him back with us next weekend as we continue to go through the book of Joshua. So, Father, I just pray that you'll teach us now. Give us understanding these things we ask in your son's name. Amen. As we, look, as we look at these verses, we find that there are three main characters. The first character that we see is in verse 1. It says that the Heavenly Father is the vine dresser. It says, I am the true vine 
and my father is the vine dresser. If you look in verses 2 and 6, we find that the heavenly father cultivates and he prunes us. He will prune us back, you know, just like a hedge, that we will be able to produce more fruit. Then he goes on to say that he declares that I am the vine. Not only does he say that I am the vine in verse 1, he says that I am the true vine. Yes, Jesus Christ is the great I am of the Old Testament. He says in chapter 1 that I am the true light. I am the true bread in chapter 6. I am the living water in chapter 8. I am the way, the truth, and the life in chapter 14. I am the good shepherd and the door in chapter 10. I am the resurrection and life in chapter 11. Yes, he was the great I am of the Old Testament. Do you remember when Moses went to the Israelites and he says, Lord, what should I say to the Israelites? And our Lord said, you tell them that I am that I am has sent you. John, in his gospel, in the 8th chapter, in verse 58, says, Before Abraham was, I am. That's Jesus speaking. He is the great I am. He is the source of life. He is the vine. And then it goes on to speak about us. He speaks to his disciples, but he's also speaking to us. He says that we are the branches. If you'll look, look at verse 2. Every branch in me. Look at verse 4. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit. Look at verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. We are the branches. And in verse 6, he also talks about the branch. So we are the branches. Jesus Christ is the vine. We draw all of our source of life from Him. We are the branches. So what is the main subject? What's the big idea of these 12 verses that Jesus is trying to get across to His apostles? And what is He trying to get across to us on how we can live our lives off Monday through Saturday? It's found... In one key word, he says, abide. It is the central theme throughout these verses. In ten verses, it mentions it ten times. Look at, look at chapter 15. Verse 4, it says, abide in me and I in you. Look at, it says, abide in the vine. And at the very end of the verse, abide in me. It mentions it three times there. Look in verse 5 in the middle. He who abides in me. Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me. Verse 7. If you abide in me. Verse 9. At the end of the verse. Abide in my love. Verse 10. You will abide in my love. And at the very end of that verse. Abide in his love. The central theme is to abide. So what is that involved? What's involved when it says, I want you to abide in me? If you look at the original Greek, it's the word 
meno, M-E-N-O. And what it means is to completely trust in, to lean on. You are to rely on Christ. You're to stay in a given place. You're staying in a given place. You are connected to the vine. We as branches must be connected to the vine. I saw it in John. He had open heart surgery of a Kaiser up in Hollywood. He had the West West Nile virus. And through all of that, I could see John in his walk with the Lord. It's because he had been abiding in Christ. And so when this trial, when this time of testing came in his life, I saw John trust in the Lord, abide in him. He stayed in the same place because it was a part of his lifestyle. When I think of being staying in the same place, I think of Tom and Tina even putting their trailer right there at Western Med, and they weren't going anywhere. They had just stayed there for their son, and they were abiding in Christ. There was, I could see a trusting in that family. I could see a reliance upon the Lord as they walked with Him during that time of trial and testing that they were going through. He wants to have a relationship with us. You come to church on Sunday, Monday through Saturday, God wants to have a relationship with us, that we are completely abiding in Him. Another word, it says, I'm going, I want you to continue in me. In other words, it's not just coming to Sunday. If you can just grasp this thought, the apostles continued to abide with Him, even to the point of their death. They experience what I call the dependent life. The dependent life. The dependent life is having the Holy Spirit within us in in verse 4 and verse 5. Look at verse 4 and verse 5. It says, Abide in me and I in you. See, Christ is in us. His Holy Spirit is within us. Verse 5, I am the vine You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him. We have a tremendous resource. His spirit dwells within us. Remember what he said, what the Apostle Paul says? Know you not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you and you are not your own? And that you've been bought with a price? So therefore I want you to glorify God with your body. In each and everything that we do during the week because he lives within us and we don't do it in our own strength we do it from the vine that's where the branches get all of their strength it is from the vine so he says abide in me and i in you that means every morning when you're waking up you're meditating on god's word you're going to him in prayer it is a relationship it's a continuation 
It is a thought process. It is a lifestyle. As you go through the day on Monday, that Christ is included in all of your thoughts and all of your decisions. It's not an option. If you'll notice the way the word is spoken, it says, abide in me. That is a command. He abides. He wants us to abide in him. The way I look at it, when I was with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, they would have a picture of a throne. And they would ask the question, who is on the throne of your life? Have you put yourself on the throne of your life and all of the decisions that you make or is the vine? Is your life being lived through Christ that he is included in every one of your decisions? That you read scripture and meditate and go to him in prayer about that important decision. See, the life in the branch comes from the vine. He says, I want you to abide in the vine, abide in me. So what is the results of abiding? It is fruit bearing. It is fruit bearing. Keep this in mind. I said fruit bearing. We do not produce fruit. We just bear the fruit. Look at what it says about bearing the fruit. Look at verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. Notice he's talking about bearing fruit. Abide in me and I in you, verse 4. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Look at verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We are not asked to produce the fruit. That's the purpose of the vine. The vine produces us as branches. And then just a natural outflowing of who we are, we bear fruit. For instance, we can give a message about Christ to someone. We don't save one person. Who does the work? God does the work in that person's life. And he says, if you abide in me and I in you, there's going to be a result. People are going to see fruit in your life they're going to see qualities beginning to develop in your life. There will be inner qualities that people will be able to see in you as you abide in the vine, in Christ. So, it is the vine which produces the branch. We get our life from the vine, Christ. This teaches us that we only bear the fruit. Christ produces it through us. See, it's the dependent life. Too many of us are doing this. We're trying to do everything on ourselves. Okay, it's okay. That's Sunday. But Monday through Saturday, I'm going to live my own life. Some of us are saying that. But what Jesus is teaching them, I want him to be a part of my everyday walking. It is called the dependent life. Jesus says, you can't do anything without me. Look at verse 4 and 5. He says, 
As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. Look at verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. And look at this last part. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. The Apostle Paul, who truly lived the abiding life, really understood it when he wrote, if you'll turn with me to 2 Corinthians, if you'll turn to the right, and you'll go past Acts, Romans, and then 1 Corinthians, and then you get to 2 Corinthians. And if you'll look at verse three, uh, chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And this is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. We find our adequacy in Christ. In fact, I want you to look at that saying that you've, you've said for years. And maybe you've looked at it this way the entire way. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. See, we don't do it. Christ does it through us. We're just to abide in Him. And as we abide in Him, He then gives us opportunity. He puts us in front of people. And as He puts us in front of people, then we can minister to them. God uses us as an instrument. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. It's all because of Christ. So what is the key to fruitfulness? The key to fruitfulness is found in verse 7. It says, I want you to abide in me and my, ab my word abide in you. And look at verse 3. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Meditating on the word of God is so critical so that when you live the abiding life and something comes up during the week, you can recall scripture. You can recall scripture and then you can react to it properly. This is a, as I was writing this out, and I want to repeat it twice. This really stuck with me. Our heart should be occupied by Christ and our lives should be regulated by Scripture. Our heart should be occupied by Christ and our lives are regulated by Scripture all through the week, not just on Sunday. It's a lifestyle of meditation and prayer. It's a natural outflowing of who you are. As you abide in Christ, you will be able to see some characteristics in your life. And so let's just do a little test here. Right now. Let's take a look at some of the fruits. And I want you to see, and just ask yourselves as we go over these fruits, which of these do you need to work on? 
And which of these is really a part of your life? Let's turn to the right to Galatians. You'll go to John, Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. And then you'll get to Galatians, the 5th chapter. And as you abide in Christ, you're going to find that these particular traits are going to be a part, a part of your life because of the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. So Galatians, turn to the 5th chapter and verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is, and I want you to think of it, and I'll just go slowly with it. The first one is love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. Is God working in your life? Do you see these qualities in your life? It says, against such there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. I asked my six-year-old, Zach, because I knew I, I had this... Uh, this message. And I know all of us can get the answer right because Zach got the answer right as a six-year-old. I said, Zach, what comes from a grapevine? And he goes, duh, Grandpa. He said, grapes. And last night, this lady showed me a brochure and she, it had grapes on it. You know what comes from a grapevine? Grapes. What comes from Christ? Do we have these Christ-like traits in our lives? If you'll turn back to, to the left of John and look at Luke. It says, by their fruits you, you shall know them. Luke, the sixth chapter, in verses 43, 45. Listen to our, our Savior speaking. He says, For there is no good tree which produces bad fruit, nor on the other hand a bad tree which produces good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. The good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good, and the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. I am just so happy to be a part of this fellowship here at the Rock Community Church because I see the abiding life in other people. I see them. I may, I may see 27 people, or I may see 40 people at a hospital praying for a person that's going through deep waters in a hospital. I see 18 men in hot temperature of 95 degrees moving a family. I could go on and on. Demonstrating the fruits. They're not doing it. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Christ has done a work in their heart. And now Christ is using them as an instrument to help another person. May we never stop reaching out to other people. It's who we are. See, we get what we need to be fruitful as we abide in Him. Just as the branch draws the sap that it needs from the vine. And then Jesus goes on and says, hey, there's four degrees of fruit bearing. So let me ask you this question. Where are you? There are four degrees of fruit bearing. Look at verse 2. In verse 2, we see three of them. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit. So there's number one. Does not bear fruit. He takes away and every branch that bears fruit. There's the second category. You bear fruit. And here's the third category. He prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. No fruit. Fruit. More fruit. And then here's the fourth category. Much fruit. Look at verses 5 and 8. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, I in him. He bears much fruit. Look at verse 8. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. The first one. Verse 2 does not bear fruit. He takes away. Why? The answer is in verse 4. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. You're on the throne of your life. You're not bearing fruit. That's why I think Corinth was written. You young people that are here today that I see out in the audience. If you do not abide in Christ, if you do not abide in Christ. We as humans, we can really mess up our lives. Within ourselves, we can really mess up our lives. But if we, if you will just abide in Christ, starting at a young age. You can avoid so many pitfalls that are out there in this world. I think that's why Paul wrote the book of Corinth. In chapter 1, there was all kinds of divisions. In chapter 5, there was a moral issue going on in the church. Verse 6, they were suing each other. In chapter 11, they were not even taking the Lord's Supper right. And so God severely disciplined them. They were not bearing fruit in their life. You young people, you want to avoid a lot of heartaches. Abide in Christ. As Pastor John teaches, the Christian life is a battle. It's a battle. And that's why you need to abide in the vine. So when the trials and the testing comes, you don't trust in other people. You trust, trust in God. And He will help you in those tough, tough decisions. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be persecuted and go through trials. You are, as Pastor John teaches. But when you're abiding in Christ, you're able to rest in Christ. 
He says, Paul says, I want you to live a crucified life. He says, I am crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives within me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I live it out every day, didn't he? Everywhere he went, he shared the gospel. And he lived the life in front of others. Is this Christian life easy, you young people? No. Because Jesus says, I want you to deny yourself. Take up your cross. That's suffering and death. And then I want you to follow me. I want you to follow me. Don't follow this world. It looks really pleasurable. And then it'll just take it away from you. You know, there are three conditions of a fruitful life. It says in verse 2, I, I should say in verse 3 and verse 7, the cleansing of the word. Stay in the word. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Know the word of God. And then, number two, verse four, abide in Christ. Abide in him. Not just on Sunday. Not just on Sunday. Live it out every day of your life. It becomes a lifestyle that you're leaning on him and trusting on him. So, you have been doing it for years and now a trial or a testing comes. And now you can trust in the Lord. Kim is going through, has been going through some deep waters. But Kim, I see you trusting and relying upon your Lord. And we want you to know we'll be there for you as well. But the important thing, her Lord is with her. So it comes from a lifestyle. So when the heartaches do come, that you remember that you have the Lord to rely on. And then the third, besides abiding, he wants us to be obedient. You have to obey. Look at verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in me, in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. You young people that are here, if you follow the principles of this word of, of the word of God, you will never have anything to regret. The world will offer you a lot of things. But this is the only thing that's going to last, is God's word. I encourage you young people, start learning it now and know it by heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. So what are the four results of abiding the first one, the first result is answered prayer. Look at verse 7. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Do you see that if you start abiding in Christ, you're not going to be asking for crazy things. You're living every day of your life with him and you're not going to be asking crazy. You're going to be asking things that are according to his will. Why? Because you're, you're drawing all of your strength from Him. It's not just yourself. Because remember, there is a condition. 
there's a condition. And that condition is the word if. There. It says, if you abide in me. So when you live for the Lord, and you've been living for the Lord for years, and those trials come, Karen, you just hit your knees and you go to the Lord in prayer. Even though you're going through all that suffering, I've seen you trust in the Lord. Number two, here's the second. Your father is glorified. Look at verse eight. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. My father is glorified. That's the whole purpose of it. Not because you did something and you get all that glory. No, it's God is getting all the glory. You're just drawing on the vine. You're drawing on the Christ. Christ is, his love has been put in your heart that you want to be there for other people. Remember in Matthew 5, you don't have to turn there. It says, let your light so shine that other men may see it, that the Father in heaven can be glorified. Are you living your life that way? How many other people in your lifestyle say, yeah, that's a Christian right there. How many of us are glorifying God? God forbid that would be just the opposite. Number three, if you get involved in the abiding life, I tell you one thing, that your life will be just full of love. Do you notice that the very fruit of the Spirit is love? And love is all over the abiding life. You will be motivated by his love. Look at verses 9, 10, and 12. It, it says, the word love is there seven times. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that, that my joy may be full in you and that your joy may be made full. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. And then number four, your joy will reach the maximum. Your joy will reach the maximum. The result of abiding in Christ. Happiness is determined on circumstances. Joy is not determined by circumstances. It's from abiding in in Christ. Verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. So, there's two responses here in this chapter. There's an unwillingness to abide. We saw barrenness, no fruit, walking away our own way. Disciplines involve a loss of rewards. I don't know about you, I'd rather have gold, uh, precious stones and silver rather than wood, hay and stubble. Or there's a willingness to abide. There's fruit, more fruit and much fruit. And the joy of walking with the Lord. 
You know, Paul knew how to live and he knew how to die. In Philippians 1, 21 through 26, I'm not going to read it, but I want you to read it this afternoon on your own. The last words of Jesus before he went to the cross, he said, you apostles abide in me. The last words of the apostle Paul, just before Nero killed him, he lived an abiding life. He said, my life is being offered as a drink offering for my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me, but not only for me, but also for all those who love his appearing. Abide in Christ. Would you bow your heads just for a second? And I'm going to evaluate myself. And I'd like for you to evaluate yourself as well. Are you living the abiding life every waking moment? You can listen to these words. I'm really speaking to myself. Are we truly living for Christ every day? In every moment, in our thought processes, starting this Monday? If you haven't been, if you haven't been, just turn it over to the Lord right now. Say, Father, I just want to abide in your Son. I want to have the joy that only comes from walking with you on a daily basis. I don't want to have a barren life. Father, I just thank you for these, your disciples, who've come out this Sunday morning to love you and just to worship you in song and praise. Father, may we take your word that you've taught us today, Father, and may we live it out. Father, you know our heart's desire. We just want to abide in you. These things we ask in your son's name. Amen.